0: This is the IEEE USA Insight Podcast, Episode 2, a monthly program featuring news, information, and updates from IEEE USA headquarters in Washington, D.C. And now your host, Chris McMains.
1: Thank you, John. And hello to our listeners out there. I hope you enjoyed the Memorial Day weekend. Now let's get started with some IEEE USA news. The IEEE USA annual meeting in mid-May in Milwaukee, which included the Great Lakes Biomedical Conference, was a big success. More than 300 people, including some local high school and college students, joined us. Highlights included an all-day workshop on patent law, a presentation on the personal and professional struggles women face in STEM fields, and the increasing role of 3D printers in the medical device and medical education industry. IEEE USA Young Professionals hosted one of the more popular sessions, Disrupting the Future of Technology, featured six millennials discussing how new apps and new technologies are changing the way we live and work and helping to shape our future. IEEE USA will host a Student and Young Professionals National Conference in New Orleans in July 2016. Russ Meyer and James Blaha served as co-chairs of the IEEE USA annual meeting and did a great job. Russ apologized to conference goers about all the freeway repair going on in the greater Milwaukee area. He joked that Wisconsin has three seasons, Green Bay Packers, winter, and road construction. In an attempt to reach some new potential members, IEEE USA recently exhibited at AwesomeCon. The event, which attracted about 50,000 people to the Washington, D.C. Convention Center, is described by event organizers as a place for fans of popular culture, embracing all aspects of geekdom with a wide assortment of comic books, collectibles, toys, games, original art, costumes, and more. IEEE USA was happy to reach video gamers and let them know how much IEEE does to advance computer-based gaming.
0: Time now for Georgia Stelluto with the IEEE USA conference calendar.
2: The cherry trees are blossoming here in the nation's capital, and it's time for your May IEEE USA conference update. On the 14th through 19th of June, attend the IEEE Photovoltaic Specialist Conference, IEEE PVSC-42, at the Hyatt Regency in New Orleans, Louisiana. PVSC-42's scope ranges from photovoltaic discovery to deployment. The vision is to educate and grow our community to hasten the widespread availability of solar electricity to the benefit of all. The mission for this year's conference is to provide an interactive forum for researchers, students, scientists, engineers, and technology and business leaders from industry, academia, and government in an environment conducive to strengthening collaborations and sharing knowledge across the field of photovoltaics. And on the 26th through 30th of July, the IEEE Power and Energy Society General Meeting, PESGM 2015, will take place at the Sheraton-Denver Downtown Hotel in Denver, Colorado. The theme for this year's annual meeting is Powering Up the Next Generation. Full day and half day tutorials will include smart distribution systems, energy forecasting in the smart grid era, renewable energy systems modeling and dynamic performance, smart substations, and more. On the 30th of July through the 1st of August, it's the IEEE Conference of Technologies for Sustainability, SUSTECH, at Weber State University in Ogden, Utah. The goal of SUSTECH is to explore the development and application of science, engineering, and technology to promote sustainability in agriculture, alternative energy, energy efficiency, transportation, smart grid, sustainability, and societal implications and the quality of life and from the 8th through the 11th of October, attend the 2015 IEEE Global Humanitarian Conference at the Doubletree Hotel in Seattle, Washington. This cross-disciplinary annual conference brings together communities and individuals in engineering, science, technology, industry, academia, government agencies, NGOs, charities, and funders interested in applying technology to develop effective solutions for the challenges facing the world's underserved. Other upcoming conferences of note are the World Maker Faire in Queens, New York on the 26th through 27th of September, the 2015 International Conference on Connected Vehicles and Expo, ICCVE, in China on the 19th through the 23rd of October, the IEEE NUNEB DC Utility Power Conference and Exhibition, exhibition on the 26th through 28th of October in Pennsylvania, and the IEEE Signal Processing in Medicine and Biology Symposium, SPMB, on the 12th of December in Philadelphia. For more information on upcoming conferences, go to the IEEE USA homepage at www.ieeeusa.org and click on Conferences. Hope you can attend some of these exciting conferences and events. Remember, connecting with your peers is one of your most valuable professional tools. Don't miss these great opportunities. I'm Georgia Stelluto for IEEE USA.
0: In the IEEE USA Insight Spotlight, we'll bring you close up to a newsmaker or public figure with a quick one-on-one interview. This month, Chris talks with Russ Harrison. IEEE USA's Government Relations Director about legislation affecting U.S. engineers and technology professionals.
1: I'm here with Russ Harrison, IEEE USA Government Relations Director. Russ, welcome to the studio. Thank you. I was reading recently, somebody said now that Memorial Day is over, the 2016 presidential election cycle will really kick into full swing. Is it a little bit too early to start talking about that?
3: Uh, well, it's it's never too early to start talking about it. I think the Bloomberg news, I believe, uh, was the where the story was found. It was a bit of an exaggeration. Um, you know, clearly, a, a number of candidates have declared for the presidency. Clearly, uh, people are running. They're they're up in New Hampshire. They're in, they're in Iowa, South Carolina. Um, but on the other hand, we still have time that Congress can get stuff done. Uh, the the um, Iowa caucus is not until February. First couple days of February, the New Hampshire caucus, uh, New Hampshire primary rather, is about a week after that. Followed by South Carolina a few days later, uh, and then a few other Nevada and a couple other places in February. And then the 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 presidential campaign really takes off in March of next year. Uh, So, you know, Washington's attention is beginning to shift to the election. They're starting to spend more time positioning themselves in Congress rather than trying to govern. But I think we still have a couple months left. Uh, June and July are traditionally big legislative months, uh, and I think they will be this year, too. Congress has a number of things they're going to get done, uh, and I, I suspect they will. And then basically once they leave for August, then it's going to be presidential election time.
1: Well, Russ, what is going on nowadays, right, right now, that would be of interest to our members Well, there's a couple big things that are
3: moving on Capitol Hill, and the one big thing that isn't moving uh, is patent reform. Uh, In January and February, a coalition of legislators from both parties were very confident that they could move uh, patent legislation uh, reasonably quickly uh, in this Congress. Um, IEEE USA was not excited about that. Uh, The bills did an awful lot to weaken patent protections. Which we thought was very problematic, particularly for small inventors and small companies that don't have armies of lawyers to defend their patents. Uh, and we're very pleased that the bills that a number of powerful people on Capitol Hill thought were going to fly through Congress didn't. Uh, they've, in fact, been stuck. Um, there was supposed to be a markup last week of the House patent reform bill. Uh, the House passed a similar bill in 2013. Um, by a vote of like 380 something to 12, uh, after only a couple weeks debate, uh, and so far this year the same bill they can't get it to the floor. They don't have support, and in fact last year last week's markup did not happen again, uh, which means they can't mark it up till next week since at the very earliest since they're in recess this week. And what we're seeing is the drafters of the Senate and House Patent Reform Acts. Um, are making changes to their bills, amending their bills to bring it more in line with what I USA and other, uh, groups that are concerned about inventors, uh, want strengthening patent protections, making it easier to defend good patents, uh, and taking steps to improve the quality of patents, all of which is a good thing. Uh, so that's going on, although nothing's actually happened yet. um, ESEA Elementary and Secondary Education Act is being reauthorized. Uh, this is a bill that, produ- that provides a good amount of money uh, to K-12 schools. It is used to be known as the No Child Left Behind Act. Uh, it just recently passed a, a, a Senate committee. It's already passed the House. There are some big policy differences between the Democrats and Republicans in the Senate, but that's likely to get done this year. Uh, and then the STEM Education Act, which is a relatively small bill, but what it does, there are literally hundreds of federal programs designed to help K-12 uh, science and math education provide money and rules and teacher training and equipment and all sorts of things. The problem is that most of the laws are written to say these this money is available for science and math education. STEM Education Act would change the language in the laws to say STEM education, the difference is that STEM includes engineering and explicitly, in many of the bills, uh, computer programming. Uh, so it doesn't produce, provide more money for K-12 education, but it does uh, give schools more flexibility in how to spend it, which we think is promising.
1: Now, Russ, one area that IEEE USA has been working on for many years is, is high-skill immigration. Is there anything moving on that front? Um, no,
3: interestingly enough. Uh, Daryl Issa, uh, Republican from Southern California, uh, for those of you who follow this issue, he, his district is just right next to Southern California Edison, which company just recently laid off 500 Americans and replaced them with H-1Bs. Daryl Issa had promised to introduce a bill to dramatically expand the H-1B program, uh, in March that, and, and then in April and then in May. And he has not done that, uh, which is interesting. Um, it is clear that uh, a number of legislators were excited about expanding the H-1B program this year, uh, and they've had second thoughts, in large part because of the layoffs and because of the realization uh, of how companies are using the H-1B. And so, no, uh, the bills aren't moving, although they could move quickly at any time.
1: Now, speaking of another legislator that's not very happy, uh, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. We uh, Bloom, Bloomberg reported just last week that IBM is cutting 700 jobs in Dubuque, Iowa. And in the meantime, they have uh, applied for 5,800 short-term H-1B visas. What's what's going on there? Do you know?
3: Well, it's the same thing that's happened. Nielsen, the same thing. Southern California did it. Fossil did it down in Texas. Uh, companies are realizing they can save a tremendous amount of money by hiring H-1B workers who are not immigrants, will not become Americans, uh, for you dollars know, $30,000, $40,000 less per year uh, than Americans. So you fire your American IT workforce and replace them with H-1B workers, uh, and it saves the company a tremendous amount of money. And what's important with these stories is that a number, a growing number of legislators are just realizing how uh, awful this program is. Um, companies like to pretend they use the H-1B when they can't find qualified Americans. Oh, there's no Americans with these skills. Okay, well, IBM just laid off entire departments. Are telling me IBM built an entire IT department without a single qualified person in it? No, of course not. What they did is they built an IT department with Americans, and Americans are expensive because they insist on things like sick leave and weekends and things like that, and they expect to be paid properly. Well, H-1Bs, you can avoid all that. And IBM, as IBM has been doing for a decade or so, uh, took, in this case, 86 million American taxpayer dollars to create a bunch of jobs for Indian nationals. And that's what the H-1B program is. And I'm not surprised there are a number of politicians in Missouri and Iowa that are not happy with that particular investment but they should have known better.
1: Yeah, Russ, there's, unfortunately, we keep hearing about all these stories all the time. And, uh, you know, thanks to you and and people like you and our volunteers that are working on behalf of our members on Capitol Hill. Hopefully we can uh, stem the tide or eventually, you know, really curtail the H-1B program and uh, improve improve things. Not only for our U.S. members, but, of course, for members coming over from overseas. Oh, absolutely.
3: uh, Yeah, and what it comes down to is politicians hear from their voters. When voters let politicians know that they care about this, politicians will care
1: about this. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, Russ. Hope you can join us again sometime. Certainly. Thank you. On a sad note, IEEE USA lost a great friend and supporter on May 11th with the passing of Jim Leonard. Jim's service to IEEE, the profession, and our nation was profound. An IEEE fellow and registered professional engineer, Jim retired last year as a senior technical fellow with Boeing Military Aircraft and Missile Systems in St. Charles, Missouri. In 2013, he celebrated his 50th anniversary as an IEEE member and a Boeing employee. Jim became a student member of the American Institute of Electrical Engineers one of IEEE's predecessor societies, in 1960, while earning his electrical engineering degree at the University of Akron. He later added two master's degrees. Jim's IEEE volunteer service positions include, among many others, Aerospace and Electronic Systems Society President, Region 5 Director, and 2003 IEEE USA President. He received an IEEE Centennial Medal in 1984, and an IEEE Millennium Award in 2000. Jim also served in the Air National Guard and Air Force Reserve. Those of you who knew Jim will remember how his smile could light up a room and how he could make you feel like you were the most important person in the world. We express our condolences to his wife, Barbara, and family. Jim was 79. IEEE USA's new flagship publication, IEEE USA Insight, Will soon be running a feature story on Jim. Speaking of IEEE USA Insight, have you seen it yet? This online magazine is continually refreshed with stories on technology careers, public policy and trends, engineering history, and the importance of skills such as teamwork, effective presentations, and networking. In addition to timely content, IEEE USA Insight offers readers the ability to comment in line, rate stories, Respond to short polls and take advantage of a vastly improved search engine. Plus, it's optimized for desktop computers, tablets, and mobile phones, meaning it will adjust to the size of your screen. The publication coincides with the debut of IEEE USA's new shop site, where IEEE USA ebooks are discoverable and available for purchase. IEEE members will find it easy to use their web accounts to add products to their Explore shopping cart. IEEE USA Insight can be found at insight.ieeeusa.org. IEEE USA's new and enhanced salary service is the first comprehensive solution for analyzing technical professionals' compensation. It includes access to the IEEE USA Salary Calculator and Salary and Benefits Survey Reports. These tools help you benchmark your salary against those working in your field of expertise and area of the country. Go to IEEEUSA.org backslash careers to find out more. Beginning the 1st of June, IEEE USA's free monthly ebook to members is Would Have Liked to Know That, Book One, Selling Yourself at Work. Author Maura Schreier-Fleming points out that engineers need to think and act more like salespeople to succeed. She says being a good listener is not enough. Among her recommendations are writing concise emails and when giving an oral presentation, making eye contact and being confident in your delivery. From june first to july fifteenth, IEEE members can download a complimentary copy of this ebook by going to IEEE USA shop and using promo code JUNE FREE. Please join us again in June for the next IEEE USA Insight Podcast. I'm Chris McMaines in Washington. Wishing you a wonderful day.
0: This has been the IEEE USA Insight Podcast. Join us again next month as we take a look at news, information, and updates from IEEE USA. If you have feedback you'd like to share, please connect with us by commenting on our IEEE USA Insight article. Send us email at insightpodcast at IEEE USA.org. Visit Facebook at facebook.com slash IEEE USA or connect with us at Twitter, at IEEE USA. I'm John Yaglensky. Thanks for tuning in.